Welcome to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. Join Ryan as he speaks with top business leaders and influencers and hear how they've mastered the art of authenticity to achieve all that they dreamed of. As you hear from these leaders, seek not only to be inspired by their authenticity, but to strive for and master your own. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Authentic Conversations. All right, so oftentimes you don't read the show notes, and so that's why I wanted to preface this podcast episode specifically with this. So I was recently invited back onto uh, the podcast of a really good friend of mine, Paul Edwards. Uh, he hosts the Influencer Networking Secrets podcast. He's a best-selling author, unbelievable ghostwriter, and just a wonderful friend. Uh, and so he invited me back onto his podcast, and uh, I wanted to feature this specific episode on my podcast uh, because he asked some really good questions. We dug into some really good topics, and um, you know, it just it, it, it allows you to hear a little bit more about what I'm doing in my business uh, and kind of the trajectory that I am on. So hope you enjoy it. Check out this episode of Authentic Conversations. In today's episode, we feature my friend and client at large, Ryan Miller, back for his second appearance on the show. Over the last few years, Ryan's transitioned from his previous brand as an expert corporate sales coach for the healthcare industry into his new one, Be Authentic Coaching. Ryan first came to me via our mutual friend, Matt Johnson, and we swapped interviews on each other's shows. It's been a privilege to be a part of Ryan's transition away from a more financially oriented space into the one he's poised to enter. He's targeting that quintessential business leader burned out and in danger of losing everything they have because they're chasing validation in all the wrong places. We're going to dive deep into that bottomless chasm today, but don't worry, between the two of us on this episode, you're among men who have plumbed the depths of despair and the world's emptiness on a grand scale. Where we've been, you don't want to go. And where you've been, we don't want to go. But together, none of us necessarily have to go anywhere, except up. We don't have to fear being ourselves anymore. So let's get ruthless about being real with Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller is back on Influencer Networking Secrets. It's been a long time, far too long, but it's great to have you back, my friend. How are you? I am well. And yeah, I guess it is pretty surprising to, to think about how long it's been since I was here last. So it's good to be back. Yeah, it was 2019 and uh, you were still doing Excellence Mindset and I still had no idea what I was doing. And so <laughs> somehow we managed to get either. through. <laughs> yeah, no we kidding. only thought we knew what we were doing back then. So don't pay any attention to the previous interview. This is the one you need to listen to. And uh, seriously, because we're going to we're going to talk about being ruthless about being real. And uh, I don't know of anybody. I know a lot of people who are into this. I don't know of anybody more qualified to uh, to speak to it, probably because, you know, we've had this uh, wonderful collaboration on communicating that. I, I love it when somebody becomes totally uncompromising about all of the BS that the world has to offer to throw us off track from our purpose. So we're going to get into that. But Rye, uh, every guest gets asked the same first three questions and you are no exception. So I want to hear, first of all, what what's going really, really well for you lately? Ah, gosh, um, if I'm super honest, the thing that is going the best by far is I have never seen God more meticulously work. Uh, definitely in my life 
but I would say more so in the experience of my life. So in other people's lives around me and just watching him put together all of these relationships and events. And I get to kind of be a part of some of those and other times just an observer. It is unreal to see it happening mm. right now. That's great. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're like, and I've, I've been in those shoes a few times similar, right? You're just like, stuff seems to happen on autopilot and you don't even yeah. have to think about it. And the, the thing you need, the person you need, the resource you need, the person you want to meet is there. They are standing right in front of you. Yeah. I, 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 I was saying this to my wife a few weeks back. I, I said, I cannot believe all the ways in which I'm watching all of these things happen. One conversation turns into a relationship turns into some, it is just, it, it, it's been mind blowing. And yet it's all happened in these simple acts, right? There's, you know, no major miracle. Nobody's, you know, go, goes from, you know, debilitated to, you know, energetic and running around the block. It's just, it's, it's very simple movements, but it's been phenomenal. And I think part of that's just my eyes are more open than they've been maybe ever, but definitely in a long time. Yeah. And, and, and we're doing those fundamentals, right? Those things that God lays down for us, we're, we're doing the dailies and, and we're not, we're not cutting corners, uh, which we're going to get into, right? We're not, we're not dodging the hard conversations or the difficult responsibilities that, and the choices that we have to make. And we're, we're making more of them more often. And that, yeah. that really, that really does. That's what, that's what you should expect when you, when you live your life that way. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times, again, for me, it's in the simple and one of the most simple and yet profound things that I find Jesus saying over and over again throughout scripture is come and see. And so for me, that is a reminder, Ryan, open your eyes, open your ears and just begin to, you know, just, just, just perceive uh, what is happening. And so that, that is more of it for me. I, I think it's been happening. No, I, I don't, I don't think it's been happening all my life. You know, God working all around me, even before I saw him, like all the ways he was working. The difference is, is when I get into these seasons of blocking out the things that are distracting me, clouding me from being able or preventing me completely from being able to see God work. And so as I've just been like, okay, let me just look and see. You know, yeah. come and see. And I step into that. And then all of a sudden it's like there and there. And it's just, it's wild. Not to belabor this, but I, I heard an expression recently that I think you should, you may have heard, or if you haven't, you should hear it. Um, we've all heard of a near death experience. Mm. And I heard somebody say, but have you ever had a near life experience? Mm. And that's when the magic was happening all around you and you're the last to know, right? Because mm -hmm. you're expecting it, your eyes weren't open, your ears were closed, and yet, and yet there it is happening to you. And you're like, so why good. that work so well? Because it's a near life experience. That's why you're standing right in front of it and you don't know it. That's so good. That is so good. So that's what that one's free of charge, by the way. I, I didn't uh, come up with it. Stole it so yeah. good. What about we, we touched a little bit on this earlier um, before we got on, but uh, what, what's not going so well? What's uh, where's the biggest struggle right now? Yeah. So, um, there, I was sharing with you, there's a lot of little things, but if I, if I was, if I was to express the biggest challenge that I'm facing right now is, and I know we're going to get into talking about this, you know, I have been, uh, just super duper committed to launching this academy to particularly successful married businessmen. 
And um, inside of that requires a very provocative sales message to get people to to click or to read, right? When they're a stranger and, 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 and getting them to kind of buy into the idea. The problem is, is that face value, my message is not very provocative, right? It's mm-hmm. not, I'm going to 10X your income. It's not, I'm going to, you know, have uh, the supermodel uh, on your arm. It's not, you're going to drive the Lamborghini, you know, maybe of those things. And so there's been this huge challenge in trying to carve or create, which, you know, you and I have been working together on this too, but like to create that message that people respond to. And so that's been such a challenge that it's created this constant tension and anxiety and, and even burden in me, you know, where it's questioning, Am I, am I doing the right thing? Am I supposed to be doing this? Am I failing? Um, do I need to compromise? And so it's just this constant war to just stay the course and trust in the fact that it does still need some tweaks, but when it gets laser focused and clear, it's gonna be like nothing that has ever done before. But it, the pain that I'm carrying has been quite heavy over the last probably, I would say month or two. Mm, yeah. It reminds me of that. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a proverb. I think it's, but it's somewhere in the Tanakh, uh, where he says, "Though you go out sowing with tears, you return with sheaves of corn underneath your arm, or sheaves of wheat, rather." For what it's worth, um, I don't think you could be more on the right track than you are. If if I can offer the words destroy doubt, I would offer them. Um, yeah. They may not they may not suffice, but I would. But uh, outside looking in, I mean, I'm watching what you're doing, and I'm like. Oh boy, somebody is going to have their life turned upside down and inside out and then set on a trajectory they never even knew they could go on. Um, by I appreciate it. I'll take all the encouragement I can get. <laughs> You've sort of uh, alluded to this and that, that was my third question everybody gets asked and that is, what are you looking forward to? Again, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, very specifically. And I, I think for me... Um, the thing that I am most looking forward to is, is finally being able to prove this, this just sounds so big and, and, and crazy, but trying to, or being able to finally prove the world wrong, uh, in mm-hmm. this idea that to change a man's life, I've got to attract him to the provocative macho major promise of the world. And instead I will have the opportunity to show them that who they have been created to be is the unlock to the life they've been created to live. And so when I finally get to that place and I I don't know, like, you know, sometimes it's maybe it's a a bad bone in my body or something. I I cannot wait to finally say, I told you so. And And I know that doesn't always sound good, but I just want people to see that this is it. Like God creates you a certain way figure out who that is and go live that and and the world will change for you and for the people around you. So I can't tell you how excited I am to finally get there. And I know it's going to come. It's just, it's painful in the process. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I I've talked with so many people and, and this, the good, the good thing is that there are more and more people who understand that the, that the term alpha male really needs redefinition. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I interviewed several people about that because there actually is an alpha state that you can exist in. 
and it, and if for you and I, right, that's called walking in in the truth and in and in the light of of the gospel. But um, but there's a state where the best you shows up ninety nine percent of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, as as broad as the day is long, you are the same heroic, noble, successful, influential, powerful man whether you're dealing with your your little baby in your hands, your wife, you're dealing with the people you lead in a company or people you influence in in culture, government, politics, the same quality of man can show up. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And every, and you know, the, we've always had it backwards. We've had it as a caricature of this big boorish guy who just dominates everybody in his path and steamrolls everything. No, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about at all. Yep. And, uh, and I can't wait till you, I can't wait to join the chorus and say, see, Ryan told you so. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. I'll, I'll count on that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that sort of does bring in the first question I had here. And I, I was thinking back to when we first met, right. And even then both you and I had had, ugh, we were disgusted with all the false masks that the world is trying to get us to wear. These are the sort of quasi invisible ones. Now we live in a world where they order us to wear real ones on our physical faces. <laughs> and I, I use that as a reference point to say, I mean, 2020 to 2021, I, I've never seen a time in my life that has been more convincing that we can't fake it till we make it anymore. Right. Mm. So my question is, what are you seeing? I mean, like just last year, like what, what have you watched happen? that's proving everything that you're teaching in your course. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, one of the, one of the biggest things that I'm seeing is that we are further burying ourselves in the hole that we have already started to dig. Um, And specifically again, because so much of my kind of communication and my heart is for men in the world today. So, you know, think about most guys, uh, they are raised to have this tough exterior. And so they don't often understand how to deal with emotions. Those are kind of girly things to deal with. Um, they're weak. So, so they, don't, they don't really get that and they don't understand that. Then on top of that, um, you know, when we get around our buddies, it's about cheering for the game, which is fine or giving each other a hard time, lifting weight, right? Like just muscling around again, which is fine, but it's created this environment then where I don't understand how to deal with what's inside of me uh, when I struggle, when I hurt. Then we catapult that into a whole nother stratosphere, which was 2020, which was stay home, kind of be by yourself, which just gave people further excuse to do that. When I do go out, I am reasonably covered up. I've got to quickly go in and out of places. I don't get to interact with a lot of people. And so what I'm seeing now more than ever is a generation of men that doesn't even understand what it means to be a man anymore. And, and then culture has totally just destroyed that too, right? You know, in, in, in redefining gender and uh, masculinity. And so they don't even know what, what a man is, nor how to be that person. And then when they have their own stuff, they don't know how to deal with that either. So it's just, it's created this perfect storm of disaster 
in which I feel like guys are more confused than they've ever been and they don't know where to go with it. And then the message being pushed to them is toughen up and fight through it, right? Blow through the block wall, which just makes the problem, you know, compounds the problem far more than they can even deal with. And not only that, uh, something I wanted to add to that is that uh, telling a man to stay home and be quiet, right? If you look at the the way we're naturally made to go out and explore and build and conquer and develop and and produce, right? And now we're just supposed to sit in our homes and languish. Um, and I, and I'm not by that by saying that right. There's gonna be well. Are you saying only men are supposed to do that? No, no, I'm not talking about that. This is not men versus women, right? This is just something that most men feel in some way in their soul, mm-hmm. right? And if women yep. feel it as well, so be it. I I I. I don't speak to that. I'm not part of that group, right? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, you, you add on top of that, now we can't even solve problems anymore. Mm-hmm. Now we yeah. can't be be helpful. We can't go and, and make something for ourselves. We can't go and, or for, or for the world, right? So, yeah, just, uh, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a ticking time bomb, if you ask me. Yeah, well, and, and something you said there, you know, brings to light something that has been really heavy on my heart and it's very hard to tiptoe through. But, you know, when, when you talked about that characteristic of men and manhood, and then you want to be careful, right, to qualify, you're not excluding women. I understand. Uh, and, 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 uh, and I try to do that as best as I can too. But here, here's what's also happened over the course of the last probably two years, uh, but definitely uh, has been just uh, put into warp speed in the last year. So uh, a couple years back, there was this significant rise in the fight for equality of women, which any single human being that understands how God created us would agree that we are created equal in terms of worth and value, right? Different in nature, in character, obviously, and then what God calls us to. But like equality is there. Like nobody should ever, ever question that. I, 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 you know, have a wife and two daughters that I love deeply and and that's there for them. But as this rise in femininity and and this striving for equality has happened and women have banded together, uh, talking about empowering women, as that's happened, the narrative has come out into the world, which has started to demonize men in ways that have never been done before, right? Mm. Men are evil. They're the ones that have oppressed us. And, and, and I'm sure there have been, but that is the general narrative that is out there. So now we live in a generation where not only do we not know how to deal with ourselves, but then so much of the, at least the loudest voice of the opposite sex is kind of telling us that we need to be pushed off to the side. And so men don't even have a place to go to address those things. And if a man was to speak out, I did this actually not too long ago, speaking out about my struggles with being a white conservative male in society today. And you should have seen the nastiness of messages that I got from men and women, people of, you know, that were white and people of color that were attacking me. Like, how dare you? And I'm like, so I'm not allowed to have a feeling anymore, right? I'm not, I'm not allowed to share my own human experience. So again, I mean, we are just being buried. And it's not that we should not be advocating for those that are mistreated, treated less, but that doesn't mean we cast aside 
you know, the man either. Yeah. And so just watch that happen. And it is a dangerous, dangerous place to be. I would be scared to raise a young boy in society today. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I know. I got two of them and I'm, yep. and, and they're both young, uh, boys who have, who are Caucasian and yep. they're being raised in a Judeo-Christian faith-based household. Um, and, uh, we, we go by the Torah, right? We go by, um, what it, we go by what it says. Um, yep. and everybody must, you know, everybody who, responded so harshly to you would probably think that I have my wife on a choke collar, right? right. Sitting obediently at my feet. Not the case, pal. <laughs> but anyway. Right. Um, even so, Rod, do you see some, do you, I, I see a silver lining here and I'm curious to hear your, your thoughts on it. Um, because up until this happened, um, there was a, there was this two or three years surge and it, it goes back a little bit further than that, but especially, 2017 through 2019, there was this, I, I had never seen so much convenience and luxury and distraction mm. and anything we could think of to avoid these issues. So from a biblical lens, right, would, would you see the hand of providence here? Um, maybe a separation of the wheat from the chaff sort of thing where we're, we're really being forced to be confronted with who we are and who we're not? Oh, yeah. I mean, this has been my whole life. Like uh, the way that the Lord brought me to faith was by destroying my life, you know? And, right. and I mean, obviously, you know, it, it, it was my hand and my will in doing it, but it was, you know, my finances, my marriage, you know, everything, it just continued to strip away. Scripturally, you know, we see, you know, obviously the most devastating story of suffering apart from Christ on the cross is the book of Job. And by and large, the reason that God continued to strip away Job's family and things was because he wanted Job to see him for who he was. And so I agree, you know, we, we, we have lived at least, you know, I'm 40, I just turned 43. The majority of my life, this country, this world has lived in, I'll say this country has lived in primary abundance, right? Like we're yeah. post depression era. Yes, we went through the recession, you know, of the early 2000s, but we kind of came out of that quickly. We forgot about that. And so you're right. Like we had been on this track of, you know, I want it, I can get it. Um, you know, the, the seven figure income became almost like the just norm of the day that people were striving for. I drive nice things. I have nice things. Everything goes pretty easy. And then man, when the pandemic hit, what, one of the things that I saw that was so fascinating was most people were ill-equipped to deal with that because previous to that, when we had some kind of crisis, even economically, there were ways around it, right? There, there are ways to create a new strategy, a new process, a new structure to pivot and to continue making money or surviving. Whereas this time around, nobody had control of the pandemic. And then those that were kind of in control, you know, at, at the government level, weren't really allowing people the freedom to step outside of that. And so I saw so many people that just kind of put their hands up and were frozen. You know, I, there's nothing I can do. I guess I'm just going to watch it all go away. And now that all my stuff goes away, now I'm miserable. And I, if I don't have my things, I can't live a happy life. And so I do feel like this has been God really calling, you know, the world to say, 
what are you going to count of most importance? Even for those of the, them that don't see God to be the God of the universe and the savior of the world, it's like, yeah. take that away. And still, if, if you are going to entrench your life into all these things, you are in for a miserable life for the majority yeah. of it. No, you're right. I mean, it's like the, the rich man who built more barns, right? And yep. God says, you're a fool. This yep. night you're going to die. And then what are you going to do? Right? Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, cause like, um, cause and, and same, I, I think the same thing. Like if you, even if you don't want to acknowledge the God of the Bible, okay. Um, at some point you are going to be too old to enjoy the nice food, right? Uh, too infirm and too decrepit to enjoy the Lamborghini, <laughs> Uh, nobody's going to want to see you in the, in the, in the, the racy bikini. Um, you know, and, uh, and if you're in your nineties and you're dating a, a, a supermodel in her twenties, everybody's going to laugh at you. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and we know this, right. All we got to do is see it on TV or in a magazine and we chuckle. Right. Yep. And yet somehow yep. we think, well, that's never going to happen to me. Well, unfortunately you're not building up anything else to put your hope in. Yep. Right. You, yep. That's really what you're thinking. That would be the, the, the epitome, the pinnacle rather of, um, of the human experience. And of course, uh, sorry, that's, that's not going to fly. Um, so yeah. Um, even so as you go through this, right. And now you're getting to getting very close to where, um, this becomes, you know, the, the, the new thing you're, you're, you've got this be authentic um, coaching program. What are you hearing so far? What, what are people, are people's, are people's pain points and complaints lining up with what we, with what we've been talking about here? Or that, is that where most of it's coming from? They're just like lost and don't know where to turn or what to do. Not completely. I, I, I kind of wish it was that easy in the sense that, you know, uh, I've shared my story before, you know, it well, right. Like, the greatest moment of devastation in my life is what woke me up. Um, but we don't wish that on anybody. We don't want to see people house burned to the ground for them to realize that that's not where their hope lies. But what I actually see more often than not is people are, for the most part, content with whatever their life looks like. Mm. Um, so uh, my family's good. Uh, my business is good. I'm working really, really hard to, to take it to the next level. I've got some good friends. Um, and so I don't, there, there's really nothing that's that big of a deal, right? Mm. That, that's how most people live. And, you know, we know like, right, Jim Collins says good is the enemy of great. And, uh, and I think that that plays out so true here because, what people don't realize is when all of those things are kind of in that place of just, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm just going to keep kind of grinding away. Uh, those are the people that are actually missing out the most. That would be like the major league baseball player that um, is 1% away from taking their team to the, to the World Series or from making the All-Star game. Like, why would you have taken yourself to that level and then just kind of get on cruise control. You know, mo most athletes don't do that. And so that's where I feel the state of most people. And when people are responding to me positively about this message of authenticity or living for freedom, what they're beginning to realize is, is 
there is something missing. They just don't seem to understand what that is. And mm-hmm. so that's where we begin going all the way back to the beginning. Um, I say that's their foundation, uh, purpose, passion, and principles, and helping them to kind of define or redefine for themselves who they are. And once that comes to light, which that's a fascinating question to ask people because most people haven't answered it. And so when I'm able to get that conversation started, they begin to detect that there's something missing or there's some misalignment. Um, So that's where I usually see that playing itself out. No, I I sort of had a feeling of that. Like it it actually isn't a pain point. It's actually... um, The best, the best way I've heard this uh, put in everyday language is um, John Eldridge, um, who you know I love, and he was uh, in one of his books. He says, you know, a lot of days we'll settle for a jelly donut mm. if, if that if 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 that's what's going to be the high point of our day, we'll settle for it, you know. And I'm like, golly, when you think about that, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people do it. I can see why going back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, a a challenge that you face with the whole branding communication aspect of this is it's very difficult to uh, come at at them aggressively and also to put some kind of shimmer on it. Like there's some kind of luxury good or, uh, or a lavish lifestyle that's associated with what you're doing. Cause actually what you're doing is you're awakening a spiritually lavish lifestyle, which may or may not include material abundance in the process. Yeah. Okay. So that that's actually something when you brought up John Eldridge's name earlier, it triggered something in me. And then you, you really kind of put a stamp on my thought. So uh, John Eldridge has this app called the one minute pause or the pause app. I think it's now called uh, because you can go through different, um, Uh, sessions of meditation. And so when I started using that, which I'm a terrible person to sit in quiet and meditate, like I just don't do that well. I'm actually uh, out of even the routine of using the app right at the moment, which is, which is terrible to admit, but uh, there's this fascinating statement that he makes at the very end, because he's narrating, right. The, the app and um, at the very end um, in in his nice, just quiet, mellow voice. um, He says, that's good. That's enough for now. Yeah, And I, I don't know if it was the first time I heard it said, but maybe the third or fourth time I was, I was in the app and I listened to that. And, and I just had this sense of peace come over me that it was like, God was saying to me, you're doing enough. Mm-hmm. You're enough. Just rest in that. And mm-hmm. so then to what you said, you know, as you, as you tailed on from, Uh, bringing him up, you know, we need to have this balance between striving. Apostle Paul talked a lot about striving throughout scripture. We need to strive. We need to fight, continue to grow, continue to push. Like we we should want to do that for ourselves, for our family, everybody else. At the same time, uh, we do need to, to believe that wherever we're at, that there is this sense of it's enough. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people, one person that I'm thinking of very, very specifically at the moment, this man, he actually just needs to finally rest in the fact that he's working hard enough. And yep. that may be the unlock of his heart to start finally experiencing his life 
You know, it's, I don't have to keep grinding. It's not more, more, more. It's, it's good where it's at. And whatever yeah. happens from here is okay. And so that has brought a peace over me. And that's something that I'm also trying to communicate. So it's, you know, trying to keep these guardrails up between strive for more, accept that it's enough. Strive for more, accept that it's enough. And that's a hard balance to play. It is. Same thing. Like, uh, so with the work that I've been doing recently, I've discovered that uh, instead of grinding 50 to 60 hours a week, uh, I might need to grind 15 to 16 hours a week, mm. right? But what do you do with all that time, <laughs> right? Because, you you know, and, I, and I'm like, a, I'm a, I love the mission, right? I love mm. achieving benchmarks and hitting goals and then, you know, saying, okay, what's, you know, what else have we got to do? Knock that, knock that baby out of the park, okay, and then rest at the end of the day. But now I'm getting, you know, uh, what do I do to fill this schedule? And, and mm. in some cases, now I need, to, I need to know when the answer is you don't do anything. Mm. You sit, yep. go outside and sit in the sun because you can. Yep. <laughs> right? That, okay, yeah, and that's important, right? Because you can. So when I talk about freedom, I say a lot to people and it sounds um, kind of strong um, or I don't know, a little bit self-righteous or whatever. But I say, ultimately, I'm trying to live the life that is, you know, I'm doing what I want, when I want with the people that I want, right? I, I want to set terms. Obviously, this is inside of the sovereignty of God, but, you know, I want to set my terms. And so for me, that includes, I play golf every single Friday morning, almost every Friday morning with a group of guys. It's about the golf, definitely. And I'm trying to continue to get better. And that's been a fun journey. But it's also about making room to just step away from, from the office, making room for those relationships. And as I have, talking back to the very, very beginning of our conversation, God's moving and God's working. When I am leaving space, um, I, I hired on a director of client engagement. Uh, she's like real person in the office a few days a week. And um, she's just amazing. And uh, so she comes in on Monday mornings. And as much as we're trying to train her and get her up to speed on all the things I'm doing, I've left a bunch of margin in our time together so we can just talk life because <laughs> it's about building that relationship and developing her and, and her pouring into me, right? Providing encouragement back to me. And so again, it's just, it's, it's allowing ourselves that life in which we get to experience it instead of forcing everything in as hard as we can no. and just praying to God that we can hold on for dear life. Yeah. Yeah. It's no way to live. And it's not how we're designed to, to live either. I don't think. And so, no. and, and so every time you're pushing against that, right. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's like Yeshua said to Paul, it's like uh, you're kicking against the goads. Right. <laughs> and, uh, don't be surprised if you walk away with some scars on your feet and shins because right. goats are sharp. <laughs> you know, uh, right. I, we haven't talked about your, your background and your story, but I was thinking back to um, if, if, if you're listening for the first time, the life changing event for Ryan was the uh, October 1st, 2017 shooting in Las Vegas, the route 91 concert. Now I don't read the news as you can imagine it's not good for my health but I've I've come across stuff you know skyrocketing rates of suicide of divorce domestic violence you name it all this social upheaval in the last year not that it wasn't happening before then but it's really stepped up since then I got to think some of those targets some of those uh, stats are married businessmen right mm. and I got to think 
that makes me think if, if somebody like that is listening, what is, what, how would you answer the question that what do you think would have happened if after the Las Vegas shooting, implausible as it may seem, if you'd hit the snooze button on this one more time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I did have a massive meltdown. Um, I don't know, a year later. Um, no, more than that, a year and a half later. So it, it took me all the way. That was October of 17, April of 2019. Um, I experienced my first bout of, of real anxiety and depression to the point where I was curled up in the corner of my office crying. And I called my wife begging for her to pray for me because I didn't even know how I was going to get up and back into my chair to continue on with the rest of my day and coach a client that I had a call with shortly thereafter. And that was a very uh, awakening for me for a lot of reasons. First and foremost, because I knew that I was missing something as connected as I am, as many friendships as I have, I wasn't getting into the depths of what I needed, right. And who I was, I was emptying myself and not filling it up. And I think a part of that was because I just carry, and I have carried my whole life, this sense of pride and this sense of, I can do this and I can fight through it. And I mean, the performance coach admitting that he deals with anxiety and depression isn't the selling point that everybody wants to deal with, right? Or, or, or engage with. But right now, like there are people, I don't care how well you're doing, there are more men than not that are up in the middle of the night, unable to sleep, heart pounding out of their chest because they don't know how they're going to handle the next day. Or they're afraid that they're going to lose that client. Or if they don't close their next deal, it's going to be quote unquote all over. And I will say, you're not in that position because of that circumstance. You're in that position because you have allowed yourself into isolation. Yeah. It is now. Now is the time that men need to step out of their pride of their sense of self-confidence, of self-worth, whatever, whatever you feel like is, you know, is, is keeping you in that bubble. It's time for you to recognize you can't do it alone. You, yeah. you need somebody, you need something. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, a program like mine, but if you do not do something, I will guarantee you that the very best thing that happens to you is you have a massive mental breakdown. That's mm -hmm. the best. The worst is what you alluded to earlier, which is we are watching people in record numbers take their lives or commit violent acts on other people that were otherwise fairly normal and reasonable, successful people. But they just continue to get into this place that they couldn't get themselves out of. And they just ended up expiring. Yeah. And, and that, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I quote him often on the show, Rabbi Daniel Lappin points out, um, if you leave aside radical Islam, there's one thing, there's a demographic common to nearly every single mass shooter, just like the guy who opened fire on, on you and all those people in Vegas. They're all single. Well, he, wa he wasn't, but he's unique. The, the rest of them are single, lonely, isolated, depressed, godless, fed a bunch of internet bilge white guys. Yep. 
the ladies aren't climbing up on the top of on the rooftops and doing this guys it's us right right now that's not to say that we're terrible it's to say that when we don't know what to do with this stuff inside us what we climb up on top of a building and take it out on someone else much more often than women do um by a hundred to zero percent margin yep and that's got to change because we we don't need to do the research. It's out there in front of us. It's all over the news. It's there every day, right? All we got to do yep. is acknowledge that could be me if I'm not willing to do the hard work up front. Yeah, I've been reading this book called Men of Courage by Dr. Larry Crabb. He actually writes it with a couple of other people. And um, he's a Christian. And, uh, and and so are the other two guys that contribute to the book. But uh, one thing he says is, is when men don't understand or don't know what to do with their their fear their shame, their discouragement, or even their anger, that turns around and comes out as Mm. anger, misdirected anger on other people. It is almost synonymous, it's almost a guaranteed reaction to that internal thing. It's it's our um, healthy fight or flight character characteristic that we were created with right when we were out in the jungle right you know we, we were fighting animals like it, it's that now misplaced onto other people because we, we don't know how to respond other than to fight back and that fight yeah. back turns into anger and that comes out on our spouses that comes out on our kids that comes out on our employees you know most men like they, they don't start out as the awful monster of a business person they turn that way because they don't deal with it and then all their employees hate them so like that's how that comes out it's crazy to see how clearly uh that all plays itself out oh yeah yep couldn't have said it better myself we are uh dwindling down on time rye i have one more question for you and uh i think you're gonna like this one (laughs) if you had to pick it right now 2021 What's the most rewarding thing you've drawn from being ruthless about being real? I have never felt, this is such a soft word, but it just is what it is. I have never felt more happy and Mm. never felt more fulfilled with the life that I am living. Um, I have never felt more worthy to walk on this earth. I have never felt more loved by other people. I have never felt more proud of the hard work that I've put in. And it's not because I've done anything that great. It's just because I'm finally recognizing who I am. And as I'm doing that for other people, through I ran a 28 day uh, Be Authentic Challenge. So through that or through coaching or through my academy, as people are responding back to me and they're saying the same things it's reaffirming my belief in myself, not because they're encouraging me, but because if it's happening to them, that means that I'm not blind to the fact that it's happening to me. And so it has just opened me up to this world, which I think is really why I'm seeing God work in ways I never had, because I'm finally starting. No, I, I, I'm just getting closer and closer to being the person that he's created me to be. Yeah. So be ruthless about being real. We've we've done, we've tried the uh, the phony um, masks and, uh, prancing around pretending to be something other than what we are long enough to know, right. That the last 500,000 times didn't work. Why should we try it again? (laughs) Yeah. Well, Ryan, it's been great having you on. Um, what's, uh, what do we do from here? Somebody's listening. They want to learn more about you. Where should we send them to? 
so two easy places. So you can definitely go to my website, ryanjamesmiller.com. It's in the process of being rebuilt. Uh, that should be up here pretty soon. I'm excited for that, but you can go there, find a bunch of information. Uh, the other way that I'm engaging with a lot of people is through text. Uh, so you, if you text the letters BA, so just BA, to 714-202-9402. If you text that, you'll get an automated response back just saying that you know you really wanna be here. And then I'm just sharing encouraging texts on a, about a weekly or twice a week basis. And that's just been a great way to interact. I love to share as much as I can with people that way. So that would be the second and wonderful way. And then I can share social media channels and stuff with you there, LinkedIn and Instagram. But those are the two ways that are pretty easy. All right. All right. It's been so good having you back on the show and uh, I'm sure we'll have occasion to do it again. But in the meantime, best of luck to you with Be Authentic and everything you're up to and have a great, uh, have a great day. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and share it with others. To connect with Ryan and learn more, visit ryanjamesmiller.com.